Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't no So, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, we're talking Heat and Dame Dollar. The Marlins keep rolling on the road, and we break down Ricky's Fowler's breaking the streak. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. on man happy post 4th of july cinco de julio that's right for you for my real people this is after you people that know yeah you slept here in the usa this is the real holiday right here when everybody goes and gets deals (laughs) on coronas because they're half off after 4th of july if you know you know and uh they get drunk like a bunch of no that's messed up yeah i can't i can't just stereotype a whole it's all good it's all good people right before starting the show how you doing so you can't get me you can't me going no i can't i can't it's too early it's too early uh i'm doing good brother uh been jet lagging it but that's what we do you're wild no nah, wow, man, Cali's so always deep. cool, dog. Who, who says no to saying to going to California? Nobody. I mean, Cali is dope. It's just your frequency of travel. Yeah, you know, it's a lot. It's just a lot. I mean, they call me Jet Life, so what yeah. I, that, I mean, what sure. can I say? I mean, what can I say? Sure, but yeah, I can see that Cali was cool, man. Uh, and you know, cool shit for me was like being up early, right, and getting all this heat news, the Marlins, seeing what's going on with them and all that stuff, and still having time to do things throughout the day, you know. I really didn't miss anything um, as far as sports go down here in Miami. But it was nice, man. It was it was hotter than a mug out there, and I got to play golf, which is obviously super cool to play golf in any other state. So. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, man. It was weird having 4th of July on a Tuesday. Right. A little strange in the middle of the week, not having Monday off, but having it off kind of. Yeah. And it was a little odd, but I saw you out there on the golf course with the boys. Yeah, we were out there, dog. The hottest day recorded on earth in like <laughs> That's history. Right. That's that was right. the day we chose to golf, it was July 4th, and it was God, it was so hot. But played Miami Shores, and it was wild because Pueyo had actually told me he played it recently, and he was like, Man, nope. the greens were terrible. And I'm, I guess maybe they had just punched them or something. Mm-hmm. They were in really good shape when we went. Like, there were some holes that, that had patches and stuff like that that was a little out of Miami Shores character, but bro, they were fast. Like, Super, super quick greens. Um, and, yeah, boys had a good time. We had three groups out there. You know, I we love were that out place. there squatted up. Place is great, bro. I love I love Miami Shores. It was in good shape. The fairways were a little, like, wet, you know, because they had got rain, I guess, a couple of days before or whatever. And uh, that that was that was the, the worst part, probably. That and some of the greens were a little messed up. But besides Not that, bad. it was great, man. It was a good time. Did you record stuff? Ah, uh, we got, bro. So we got some stuff, uh, like some shots I recorded and posted mm-hmm. it on the story on Miami Golf Pros. Go check that out. Um, I'm getting more reception, though, around the teaser for the Miami Golf That's Pros what Open I'm talking about. video coming up soon. Uh, how soon? It depends on uh, you, the listener. Maybe by this time, there's already 50 likes on that video uh, and it's already out. If not, go check it out. Drop a like on that teaser and uh, if, you know, push the numbers. 50 likes, I'll drop it. Yeah. Uh, either that or by Friday, whatever comes first. And I think so, we'll get there. We'll yeah, get I there. mean, we're only a few likes away, so you know, we'll see. So make sure um, you guys are subscribed to Miami Golf Bros on YouTube, of course. That way you do get to see that video when it drops. Yep. Um, it was a great time out there with the boys. Shout out to everybody, man. And and yeah, you know, I know that the video is going to be amazing. I can't wait to, to see it. Dog. Getting good reception for for the teaser. People are are, are fans so far of the teaser, and the, the full video is just that. It's just a teaser of the full video. Yep. So, uh, yeah, you want to tune in for that. Um, 
But uh, another shout out that we got to give, bro, is uh, our boy Andy Borgales. Yes, sir. Uh, for last week's episode. Um, to you, baby. Sorry again for the audio quality uh, on my end. Um, that was uh, we that had was to a make miss. things work. Certain we, things weren't working. We made it happen, but uh, Andy's was good, and uh, he had some good stuff to say. Absolutely. Um, so we just want to give him a shout out. Say thank you for and it coming was, on the show. And it was great how it came out. Um, obviously, recording at Empire is always dope, man. Shout out to Steve for allowing us to be there. Gracious um, host. Yeah, for sure. And even Vic coming through man you know what i mean it changes it, the element of the environment you know what i mean and it puts it in such a positive way and Andy did great so make sure you guys are checking that out on the youtube channel sports with soso and hit the subscribe button and definitely hit that notification button because we got so much stuff dropping soon we know that Crawford and um Spence are fighting early later this month going to sit down with Vic and talk about that that's going to be cool so Lots of stuff to look forward to, man. Oh, yeah. And the Miami Golf Pro stuff, too. It was a collaborative effort. Yes, yes. And you know what? Um, speaking of YouTube, I, I want to make sure that when this news does hit, you know, we put something out there f- for instant reaction, right? Now that we got um, Dane Dalla officially in Heat Radars, right? Um, he formally announced that he does want to get traded and tells Portland, hey, I only want to go to Miami, which makes things difficult. If you're the Trailblazers, right? Because you obviously want to do right by Dame, but you also, you know, owe it to your fan base to to get the most out of a guy like like him, right? As far as trade goes, and I'm um, I'm interested to see how many teams are willing to jump in to help facilitate this trade. You know, the numbers will tell you that yeah, there's a way f- for us to do it straight up with with Portland, but I don't know if it's gonna be that easy or that cut and dry. Right, because then if they do, it's definitely not the best package that that Portland could walk away with. Right, when we're when we're talking about the amount of picks that we have and the players that we would be giving them, um, the rumor is that you know it's definitely going to be Tyler Hero. It's definitely going to be a guy like um, Duncan Robinson, and you know a combination of other things. You know, we know that there's draft picks involved, um, whether it's Lowry's expiring contract or we throwing Caleb something like that. Now. The draft happened. We draft uh, Jaimez. Jaquez. Uh, Jaquez. Uh, Mexican-born player from out of UCLA. Uh, I think I forget. I think it was Pac-12 all year uh, ch- uh, player of the year. This dude, 6'6", very active handles, can shoot, and just looks like a baller, right? Not necessarily has, like, the most physical, tempting, like, body, like, to say, hey, this guy's physically imposing, doesn't look like that. But he's a guy who can hold his own, plays defense, uh, obviously mature. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what type of level he brings, right, to the squad and how quickly he can bring it because we are losing guys like Max Struess who got traded to Cleveland. We are losing guys like Gabe Vincent who ended up signing with the Lakers. And those were a good portion of the core of our bench, which helped us in a lot of these games in the playoffs. Big losses. <laughs> I mean, I don't you know. Kinda big. Hit, you just kind of hit me with some heavy punches here. I mean, but I, I don't thought, think I thought we were gonna. How big are they though? I mean, on a scale of one to ten, ten being like majorly big. I mean, well, we got we got to talk about this. We got to talk about each one individually. Is my point? You know okay. I mean? You just kind of unloaded all of it. You just went. But they all go hand in hand. Like because now we're making it. moves and there's cap room and I, we're clearing space. Sure. To bring in sure, a guy like that. But Dave. we didn't clear up space necessarily with those guys. You know, we just didn't take up space. Correct. And that's and that's sign, they were unsigned. But that's adding space, brother. 
I, I get what you're saying. Addition by subtraction. I, I get homie. what you're saying, but the the whole issue is that Dame is the priority. It's not the issue. It's the goal. The goal Correct. is that Dame is the priority. Yes, we love Max Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, what they've been able to do for us, and we you know we appreciate what they did for us, but. We also understand this is a business, and you got to go and get your money. So you're not going to hang around and wait for what the Heat are going to do for you to get the peanuts that are left over after Dame if there's a team knocking on your door knowing your worth, you know what I mean, going to pay you. So it makes perfect sense. I, I totally understand that going going both ways for these guys. But, it, you know, for for if we had to, you know, talk about it a little bit further, which one hurts you more, losing Max Struess or losing Gabe Vincent? For me, I would have to say – Gabe Vincent, because we do have a gap, a noticeable gap in our point guard position. As great as of a run that Lowry had this year, which was really good in the playoffs, really good. Listen to what I'm saying, really good in the playoffs. It wasn't nowhere near that during the regular season, which could have helped us probably, right, as far as seeding goes. So Gabe being having to step into that role and be the starting point guard and attribute some type of offense, which he's not known for. He's more known for his defense. It really says a lot about him and how bad we are in that position and how much it kills us, right? We saw Brunson go off on us, and that was the second guard back-to-back series before we got to Jalen Brown, right, where he was kind of slow, where point guards were lining us up every time. Derek White had good moments as a Celtics against us. There was, like, a ton of guards that killed our guards, for as, as good as they are as defense. So, yeah, Gabe, losing Gabe hurts more for me because we have had such a lackluster type of point guard history in the last six, seven years. We haven't had nobody really in that position that stands out. We've had other positions, right? Um, Whiteside, we had Bam, Jimmy, Tyler Hero as a shooting guard. Like, we've had these these moments with players. Point guard hasn't been one of them. So, Gabe stepping up. Means a lot more than me than a guy like Struz because I feel like, I, no disrespect to Struz, but we can find another him or maybe even a guy better than him. We we did with Martin, right? We got him for cheap and look how good he fits our scheme and the guys around us. So that's funny because every point you're making for Gabe Vincent and against Max Struz is exactly what I'm thinking in my head the, <laughs> the opposite way because um, I, I just feel like you know Gabe Vincent. Hell of a player, Lakers are going to grab a you know a dog, a guy that's ready to work, somebody that's going to fit with LeBron and and all all those guys. Um, but for me, I guess that guy, you know, the Heat, we developed that that kind of guy. You know, when I think back to guys like Mario Chalmers and Norris Cole after that, mm. and you know, what I mean, now Vincent, like we we always find those those smaller point guards that you know are really athletic. We you know we teach them some good fundamentals and and good ethics, and then boom. You know, they become these these really good role players uh, in certain systems. Um, Max Struess, also evident he's the same kind of player as far as a role player and all that stuff, but I just felt like there was a higher ceiling for, for Struess, you know, than there was for Vincent on any given night because of his ability to not only defend and also, you know, offensively he can shoot the three. Um, so I, I'm going to miss Struess a little bit more than I am Vincent. I'm going to miss both those guys, man. Those guys 
played phenomenally. You know, they were our unsung heroes, right? Our etched unlikely in, heroes. Yes, etched in he- history for sure. Yep, the undrafted, the unlikely, you know what I mean? Now, you know, the undefeated getting paid, you know, that's all that matters. Get your payday, homie. So congrats to those guys. For sure. Um, but, yes, you know, the everything's on, on a gridlock right now as far as the NBA and as far as the Heat's moves. Um, the other thing you kind of unloaded was Jaime Jaquez. So, um, yeah, the, the, the rookie, you know, that we drafted, he, he's looking good, man. He looked good in that summer league game that, that we saw recently. And um, the thing with him is we can't trade him yet, not until the end of the – Not until the end of this month, July. So I don't think we're Portland – you know, if Portland is going to hold off and say, no, we want that kid part of the trade, so you got to wait, then I, I, that's one thing. But I haven't heard any rumors of that. What I have been hearing rumors of, so, is that this is going from possibly – from potentially a three-team trade to potentially now a five- to seven-team trade. For sure. And that may be what's necessary, right, to be a team like Portland and say, I got to get the most out of this this guy moving. I'm going to ship him to Miami, but I got to figure out a way to get the most return. So even if I have to add six teams, fuck it, so be it. We're going to do it. And it makes sense. It makes sense for Portland, and I'm not hating on them, you know, because I, at the end of the day, I really do think they're going to do right by Dame, right, and right by the organization and trade them to Miami and get the most of what they can. Whether it's equivalent to what you're really losing with Dame, hell no. It's never it's never realistic like that in any trade, right? For as much as you can say, well, both teams got good deals. Yeah, great. It's never 100% to 100%. 90 to 89, 88, whatever. But it ends up working in some teams' favor more than another, no matter what you yeah. do, right? There's no equivalent for that. Like, what's an equivalent for a fucking Bron James, dog? A thousand and number one well, picks. It depends. In his, but I'm saying in, at Dame's age, at 32. That's what. I, that's why I'm saying it depends at the age and all that. Shit. 32. You're still. You're still getting a prime. You know, Dame Litter. You're still getting a very good product, considering Jimmy Butler, pretty much same age, still phenomenal player. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, no, I, I think for me the the interesting part is so that that three team trade. Let's talk about that. What, what has been kind of proposed? Heroes not involved because Portland doesn't want heroes. So that's where but Brooklyn, Brooklyn would take them. That's where Brooklyn came into the mix, becoming becoming a three team trade. But then uh, Brooklyn's got to get rid of a guy named Ben Simmons, who Portland doesn't want either. So there was also a potential rumor that Miami could just end up with Dame Lillard and Ben Simmons. I know Ben Simmons has been kind of a bust. I've talked a lot of shit about the kid. We have talked a lot of shit about What him. are your thoughts around that that idea? Bro, bro, every every Heat fan listening to this right now is going, bro, the culture. The culture. And it's like, fuck, how do you debate that, right? And yes, I would agree. Right. Out of all the other teams in the NBA, we're probably in that top three to five percent of teams who can realistically fix players and have them, you know, adapt to our system. Right. Because not only do we talk the talk, we walk the walk. And you see, you can look at the performances of the team and what they do to players and how players who always move on from here have a better if not career, or at least that equal of uh, of a career, Ben Simmons would be probably like willing to come down here and put in the work if he knows that it's this organization. Maybe he doesn't put in that organ that type of work for Portland. Maybe he doesn't put in that type of work for you know uh, Utah, 
a Milwaukee, something like that. Maybe he doesn't do that. But him coming here would probably probably looks at the prestige and be like, yo, these guys are definitely got some history. They definitely love dogs. They definitely help players get better, right? I.e. Duncan, Strews, Gabe, like all of these guys, even Hero. He Kids sh- technically should be coming out of college right now. And he's been on the biggest stage, even in the NBA Finals when it was in the bubble. Dude was balling. So we have a way of finding talent and making it work for us. Him hitting here, landing here, would definitely be a 60-40 where he, it does end up turning better for both player and franchise, right? Where the Heat get a really good, versatile player who's tall, can defend, can shoot, get to the rim, right? And at the same time, he gets a second lease on his NBA career to really show what he can do as far as a superior team, where maybe he doesn't have to be the guy or even the number two guy. Because realistically, him coming here puts him in what? Fifth, sixth in the rotation? If he ends up as the... He's coming off the bench on a thousand percent. A thousand percent, right? But either way, like just, just looking at lineups, you're talking about him playing in a place where he has no pressure to be one of the best players on the court at any given time. Because he's probably going to be playing on the court with a Jimmy, a Bam, a Dane. So right there, you know, you, you are the show like the the amount of responsibility is less and allows him to play freer. Some of that sports um, psychology that we were talking about with with Pete, man, and that shit is real. Maybe he has that weight of being the guy, and him coming to a situation like this where he's not being relied on, right? He's just one of the guys. Allows him to play better. Yeah. Allows him to play that's free. A, that's a good thought. I, I didn't think about that, man. I don't know what his contract looks like. I don't know what that you know would do to us. You know, so oh, that dude's making guap. If I'll tell you right it, now, it would suck if we're bringing on a fat contract and have that guy coming off the bench. Um, but you know, it's an it's not, if it's a necessary evil, it's a necessary evil. You know, in order to get Dame, that's the end goal. <laughs> we got it. We got to get Dame, and all signs are pointing to that is the case. But now it's looking like there's maybe more teams that are going to be. In the mix, I, I heard uh, the Spurs might be one of those other teams. Yeah, potentially involved. Um, so it, it, I've seen in articles that it's you know it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when it's going to happen. Um, so we're just waiting. We're playing the waiting game, which is fine. You know, it, it really is fine for, because as much as much as we want to say, yeah, we want this dude to already be here. Let's get this guy in the books. Blase, blase. We don't necessarily have to rush it, right? Like we said, we we have to make sure that Portland does its best or has the ability to get the most out of what they can for this trade. It'd be whack of them to just give it up. You get what I'm saying? It'd be whack. Um, Bark to Ben Simmons' contract. He's made 35 this year, making 37 this upcoming season, and 40 in 24-25. That's a lot of dough. Yes, but the the salary cap is going up. You know, I was listening to the the low podcast and a lot of the conversation about the the cap going up is in increments of eight to ten million dollars per year. So contracts like that for a kid as young as he is, a guy as young as he is, would work. You know, it would work. I'm just saying, if if the heaviest anchor you gotta take back in order to get Dame. Is Ben Simmons? You do that. No, you're fine with that. I mean, you do that. I, I, I mean, at least it just kind. Of, what are you doing that? 
financially, if you can do it, you do it. Why you do not? It. If, it, if, if you're just something you weren't expecting to take on, and it's a project now. Now it's a passion project. You know, let's, he's twenty six, dog. Yeah, he's he's still young. He's talented. He has you know just raw talent. Like he he maybe he just needs the right kind of team around him. Literally, you playing know? on a super team, dog. Because that's what it would be now, right? You know, the Heat sign. Um, I think Thomas Bryant, the center, a very f- agile center, a real center, right? He's not the best shooter. But he averages double doubles. You know what does Ben Simmons play? Because I know he's big, but he plays like a, he he plays the point. So imagine mm-hmm. if Dame and him are running just guard play back and forth the backcourt. Then you throw in Jimmy Bam and and Ron one Thomas and, and either or right either Jimmy on the court at a certain time or Bam the offense just gets a lot different because now you have a real good triangle of shit. What if we of had shit all, that all five of those guys on the court? What are you? you Again, this this is all incurring that you know in, in the hopes that a the trade gets done and b the worst part of that trade is that we take Ben Simmons and he ends up working out for us, which could happen, maybe not, because he could be bad, right? But I don't think that it would be that much pressure on him, which would allow him to be player much better, to be playing much better here. Uh, let's see, man. I I really am interested in how this deal is going to work out because that's what's pretty much going to allow us to fill in the rest of the roster. You know, you look at the the Heat's roster of who we got <clears throat> for this next upcoming season. It's Jimmy, Bam, Kyle Lowry's money still on there. Uh, Duncan, Oladipo got traded, right? So he's gone. Yeah, we moved him over to OKC. We yep. signed them, which was like a moment. like Say, A shining what? trade. Why did we? Oh, oh, okay. And then we just got rid of him. Same thing with Struz. We, well, we got something we were, out of yeah, it. Yeah, we were able to sign and trade Struz. Hurtens the lessens the blow for Gabe. He just left as a free agent. So th- that shit hurts because we didn't we get didn't nothing, get nothing back. back for him. You know, from the Lakers who would have had Tyler's stuff on. To give us Nikolai is on and uh, Highsmith. We didn't resign Omar uh, Yurts. Nope. No Cody Zeller. Uh, we did resign Kevin Love. So he's coming two, back. Two year with a player option in the second he's year. He's going to be the old, the UD. <laughs> I like it. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Let him write out his career here. If I we don't got mind the money it. for it, he's a good locker room guy. <laughs> so it works. How how can we fill up the rest of the roster? Well, now I'm sure that teams are, other free agents are looking and looking at the heat and like, that's a real destination for me, i.e. if the trade goes down because now I definitely want to go play with these guys because I know that, you know, they're going to be favored or at least be really good dogs to go up against the Milwaukee's, the Boston's, whatever. They're just waiting on one domino to fall. That's it. The Dame domino. The Dame domino. The domino. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going <laughs> we're gonna, uh, we're gonna license that. Oh, that's copyrighted, y'all. Uh, um, let's see, bro. I think that that's a a great dynamic for this Heat team. We off, obviously know we need talent. We obviously know that the Heat needs some type of scoring. So we got to find a way. I think that we get this trade done in the next two weeks. Sheesh. Hey. I saw some guy posted a reel or something like that, a story that's like, I think we get it done in the next, like, 48 hours or something like that. I don't know about that, man. I don't know about that. A complicated complicated trade like that? Yeah. It's going to take more than 48 hours to put together. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, bro. I'm just kind of staying away from all the sports media for right now until it happens. When I get that notification from that Woj bomb, 
And it's like Dame Lillard officially a Miami <laughs> Heat, and it's the, like the the one with him in the, in the, the jersey. Heat. Yep. Then I'll get hyped. Till then, it's all. It's, it's all, all speculation, speculation, and rumors. But what I will tell you this to kind of like wrap up on the Heat show, especially with Dame. I don't like the disrespect that they're giving us yet again, talking about oh, other teams should be you know. Traded first because of what they can offer and only there. Forget about the player. The franchise has to do right by themselves. It's like, yo, A, that's not the message that you want to send to players, right? Especially to top talent that you're trying to attract to your city, which is not a number one destination for any type of free agent, right? Unless you're throwing major bucks. You got to show guys that you're willing to treat them right and to really invest. And that's what they did. They invested in Dame. They invested in the team. Didn't work out. Happens. Hey, we're willing to go this far with you guys. And when we do, it's always going to be a good for you, good for us situation. That helps you attract players. That helps you keep some of your guys that you're drafting. Not just being, you know what, F you player, you're out of here. I'm going to get the most for you. See you when I see you. Because then every time you play that guy, he's going to put up 60. He's going to be talking to your team. He's going to be talking to your fans. He's going to be talking. You don't need that, dog. So I, I, I truly do think that Portland's going to do right by him. It's not going to be one of those situations. Just sucks that we got to wait to see who else is involved. You know, if it's that many teams, like, what are they willing to risk? Is it picks that they want? Is it a player that they're looking at in specific? Who knows? It's going to take more than 48 hours, bro. Yeah. To- to put up uh, a trade like that. Oh, yeah. But your boy Soso is going to bring it to you live when it does happen. You know, thanks to our, our beautiful app, we're going to be able to connect wherever we're at and, um, yeah, put together our thoughts. Yeah, we'll do it. If it when it happens, if it's... Uh, oh, you're, both, you're going to know. We'll do an emergency presser. The cool shit is, is that all these deals that have been leaked or confirmed or whatever, they're officially, you know, on the books in terms of the NBA because July 6th, Free agency is officially open. So let's see. Let's see who else signs tomorrow, right? A couple of deals get the ones that we know about get announced for sure early. But it's interesting to see like who's negotiating with who and who pulls the trigger on getting getting some type of players. Because I think the Heat are, you know, firm in their stance of like Dame or nothing. You yeah. know? That's like I said, that's the that's the what everybody's waiting on right now. We need that to happen and then everything else can can happen after ar- that. Around it. <laughs> That'll work. That'll work. Um, you know what else will work? Them Marlins. Them boys are on fire. And they showed the ability to bounce back, dog. Let me uh, tell you. That was we huge. We got to lead off. We got to lead off by saying they got swept by the Braves. Hold on. Before you even. Why you got to start there, dog? I'm why, just saying, bro. Why cause... can't you start about the series win before that? Okay. Because we all right, go there then. You know what I mean? They go swept even further back. Okay, so I'm just saying they. That's right. We haven't got together for a couple weeks. It's here, been so like that. So they went three go way back two weeks now. So they went three out of four um, at home versus Pittsburgh. Then they go on the road, sweep the Red Sox. Correct. Very impressive performance in all all of those. Right. Um, go to Atlanta on that same road trip and lose all three games. Mm-hmm. 16 and 4 is the one that hurt the most because that was the first game. But in the process, Atlanta became the hottest team officially in baseball with the best record. Yes. And the best, I think, streak or something like that. They too, reached at that moment. 18 or 19 games. They won one more after us, but they reached 19 games of a streak before they ended up losing. But there you go. So they're on fire right now. A really good team. It would have been nice to take one, but 
we're, we we just couldn't stop that machine. That's okay though, because you know what? You were rolling before you ran into them, right? Which is what we want of the Marlins: go out there and win series, put some winning streaks together, we and then you slapped. You run into the hottest team in baseball, which is a gauge. Where are we at? Oh, the project is this far. So okay, cool. Keep on pushing. We know where we're heading. We know what we need to tweak. And then you see the bounce back. Yeah. Boom. You win two games straight against St. Louis at home. And, yeah, you can look at St. Louis and be like, ah, it's not the same St. Louis of old, whatever, whatever. They're last in their division. Yeah, but you guess what? You got to go out there and beat the bad teams too. You got to bounce back, baby. And that's what they did. And they've been doing that this year. Yes. They've been bouncing back after some pretty bad losses. And there was a couple in that series against the Braves that were – not great. Um, the, the run differential is pretty bad, but um, they bounced back and they won two. You know, they, they didn't just win one and then lose again. Like, you know, that's normally what Marlins have done the last couple of years. Like, no, now they're they're putting in streaks, you know, whether it's two games or three games, but they're developing more of the more of those more often and winning series for sure. And look, and, and just for for the sake of the argument, right? Like even the kid, right? Your Perez, he had a good run heading into that Atlanta series, and then he got rocked. They didn't even get out of the inning, gave up six million runs, which is great for him. You know why? Because he was probably riding on such a high, right? Now he brings a little bit more of reality to be like, I got to be at my best every single pitch. But he still has a, a record of five and two on the season with an ERA under two runs. Like, yeah. what are we talking about? Yeah. You know, if that's your bump in the road, kid, <laughs> keep it pushing, right? We know that we're getting somewhere with him. Even Sandy. Sandy has looked a lot better, in my opinion, these last three, three, four weeks than he has in the beginning of the season, which is great because now you're talking about a team that is really competing at 50 and 37, right, so far in the season, which is crazy to say that. games above 500. Five more wins than the Phillies, who are definitely spending more money than the Marlins, mm-hmm. right? Uh 11 games more more wins than the Mets, who are definitely spending more money than we are. And we're still eight yep. games. We're eight games behind the Braves, which is okay. But like you said earlier, I think we're Braves third, were one of the best the, teams in baseball. But I think we have the third best record in the league. Yeah. Overall, right? No, we're six right now. Or six. maybe We're 50 maybe, at 57. Or maybe in the National League. Sorry. In the National League, I think we have the third best record. Yeah. In the league, in the National League, bah, 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 bah. number three, kid. Which is good, which is fantastic. Beyond good. That's fantastic Let's for this go, team, kid. bro. Come on. You 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 took. This is a winning baseball team right yes. now. Currently, this the state of this team is a winning baseball team, which is wild to say about Marlins baseball. It's, it's two things that we, that we didn't really think that they've strengthened throughout the offseason, right? Number one, the emergence of A.J. Puck and Nardi and company in the bullpen. Those guys have been killing it. They're top three in ERAs allowed in save opportunities. They have the most strikeout to walk ratio. They have the highest, meaning they're striking out everybody that they're facing on a more consistent basis. And they're winning games and saving games. A.J. Puck has 14 saves on the season. This dude has been super consistent for us. And... When we got him, nobody really was like, A.J. Puck is going to be the guy to seal it. No, but all he's done is come in and make the most out of opportunities. And that's the difference in this Marlins season so far. We've been able to win close games. You know, you're talking about, I was listening to uh, the play-by-play announcer on the radio station, and he was mentioning that when you look at the Marlins, they're not a team that strike out a lot. 
They don't have heavy swingers, guys who are striking out four times to hit the one home run. Nah, you don't. Yeah, we ha- got we got rid of uh, Giancarlo a long time ago, guy. <laughs> Not only him, there's a bunch of players, right? But it just shows you the dis- discipline within the lineup to be like, hey, we all got to do our best to make sure that we're swinging at quality pitches to make sure the next guy is getting looks at quality pitches, which just helps you know the next guy get on, and then then the next guy, and then next thing you know it's a double, right? That's how we hit. That's how we you know generate runs. We're not a power team, but at the same rate, you, you're looking at so much plate discipline for the Marlins that they're not one of those teams in the bottom five. And in fact, they're in the top ten when it comes to strikeouts that they've done themselves. Right. So, just shows you how the the ability of a good bullpen, right, along with some discipline hitting. Allows you to win close games, which makes a difference in the baseball season. Because now you're winning, cl- you know, the Marlins record within two run games is amazing this season, right? They're still way behind. I think they're like 750 or some shit like that. They've only lost five or six games total within two runs, showing you that they're in it and they're winning 28 of them. So, like, what are we talking about here? We're, we're showing you that there's an ability within this team to generate runs when they need them. And win close games. Why? Because the bullpen is good and we're getting consistent hitting. We look at that at that team, Joel, as far as stats go. How many guys do you see there that are hitting over 10 home runs? Uh, we got a few. Okay. We got a few. What's a few? Uh, if I had to count them all? It's two guys. Salaire and Cooper. Only two guys with double digits home runs. Okay. We don't have that many. That's what I'm saying. But then you look at, at the consistency in RBIs. Right, and you have at least you know six guys over 20 RBIs 49, 45, 41, 39, 30, 22. You're getting addition, it's not one guy or two guys carrying a team, everybody's piling on to make the stats look even better. And that shit shows in the game. That game we just played against the Cardinals, I think they had like 19 hits or something like that. The score was ridiculous 15 to 2, 15 to 2. Smoke them, kid. Yeah. And then uh, we're, we're playing them right now as we record this. Bottom of the first, we're up already a run. Look at that. And again, it's it's one of the worst teams in baseball. I get it when you're talking about the Martins, but guess what? Good teams used to kick our ass like that all the time. And now we get a chance to do it to other bad teams and really put ourselves in some, some distance. Let me ask you a question, though, because you talk about, you know, the lack of home runs, which I thought we had more guys, especially with guys like Luis Araez, and, and then now we got Jazz back. But just as quickly as we got Jazz back, Jack is out, Jazz is out again. Yeah. What's going on with him? I feel like he's just, you know, sometimes guys rush too quickly to come back. He did hit a big home run um, in, in the Boston series, and he looked to be healthy. But who knows? It was probably a tweak, and they're probably just trying to save him from further injuring whatever he has going on. Mm. So I don't know if he's going to be out for a while. I don't know if he's going to be out for a week. It doesn't look like it's that serious, but with him, you never know. You know, you just know that when he's on the the team and on the field, we're obviously much better, especially, you know, in the lineup. And his contributions are heavily felt. They're heavily felt when they're happening. Just needs to be available more. But I think they're just being careful with him, right? Like, maybe take the day, the next couple of days off. Uh, let's see. It says my oblique strain, day-to-day. See how it goes. Negative MRI, nothing crazy. 
Again, I, I think they're just being careful with him. They're, they invested in him. They know that he's a great asset to this team and organization. And we have our, our sights on bigger accomplishments, right, than just winning games. We're winning games right now. Yeah. And the fact that we've won games in spite of him being in the lineup consistently just shows you how well-balanced this team is, right? More, Way more than other teams that we're, than we're competing with. Yeah, it's not a year or two years ago where it was just Jazz pretty much, you know, was the star of the show. And that was it. He's still a star, but, like, now we have some good pieces around them that are – are picking up the slack, you know, because he's been out for yeah. a while. So, yeah. um, I mean, you mentioned it, bro. It's only going to be better when we have him full, fully healthy, fully in the rotation. Um, Chico, the Marlins oh, are one of five teams. Two zero. Look at that. Two <laughs> zero. We are up two zero on the uh, on the Cardinals. So, we're one of the only five teams in the NF and MLB right now with five, fifty or more wins. Mm, that's big How, for this Marlins on, team. Bro. When you talk about this Marlins team, that's unbelievable. Yeah, Manu, we, we, we did not set our sights that high, Joel. No. What did we want from this team? I mean, just a, just a fight for a wild card spot. Make it competitive. Stay within 10 games, 5 games, 6 games. You yeah. don't even got to be leading the race. Stay close enough that towards the end of the season, we can see your name up, and, and at least Sports Center will mention you guys here and there because of whoever you're playing. Shit. 30, 39 and 46. Yeah, sounds like what the what the Marlins record you know yeah. should be, might be, could be. That's the Mets, thirty nine and forty six, seven Trash. games under five hundred with millions upon millions of dollars being spent by the Cohens on that franchise, and they're seven games under five hundred. I mean, yeah, sheesh, that's that's rough. Good, this team has really good chemistry right now, man, and I'm glad that. There are a lot of things working for this Marlins team, right? The moves that they've made, the call-ups that they've made. We had another pitcher make his debut, um, which was awesome, p- pitched well. Um, just everything seems to be working for the Marlins right now. Shit. Even the, the the idea of bringing back the retro jerseys on Fridays, the guys get amped for it. They sweat it. You know what I mean? Like, they look forward to it. Yeah. The fans are, are, are into it again. 3-0. Yeah, Joel is keeping you guys up to date right now. I know you guys probably know the score right now, but I still. Mean, it's pretty wild. Going it's on. wild. Yo, it's 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 wild because it's happening yet again. The last time they were at, at this point, Joel, and they had something similar going on. You know when that was? 2003. You know what happened that year? We won the World Series. Oh, we won the World Series. That's all that happened. That's that, all that, that happened. That's four, it. 4-0. That's it. That's it. I mean, they're just kind of piling them on right now. Let's take a look at what's going on right here. So, um... Araez has a hit. So Led has a hit. All-star starter, by the way. De La Cruz has a hit and an RBI. Cooper has a hit and two RBIs. Sick. And Myers has a hit and an RBI. Sick. I mean, that's pretty sick. That's pretty sick. We're 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 killing these guys right now at home, which is good. It's good for I the whole it. crowd, man. Love to see love to see us win big or just win in, in general in front of the home crowd. I just love to see the contributions coming from the entire team. I think that's when the Marlins have been at their best historically, right? Where they're not depending on one guy. Yeah, you have that one or two guys emerge as key guys, right? And that happens. But 
It's always been more organic. It's never really been bought and put together. I feel like we have a good mixture of guys that we brought up, traded for, kind of scouted, and just saw something in to bring them in to put them together. And, you know, one thing we don't talk about enough, Joel, before we wrap up on the Marlins, is the manager, man. Skip Schumacher has come in and really done a number with the squad, dog. It's really underestimated this season the type of impact that a guy like him as a first-year head head coach has had and continues to have with this team, full of stars, full of guys who are all-stars, you know, guys making big money, guys making little money, rookies, like guys not speaking his language, all types of stuff this dude is dealing with. And all he's been able to do is stay consistent, really put really good lineups together, Focus on which player fits where the best, rotation. Everything's been on point with Skip Schumacher. He's made mistakes, yes, but very minimal. And he deserves a lot of credit for the success that this Marlins team is having. Yeah, the players play, but I feel like when you're the manager, you have that job of making sure that everybody continues to lock in daily, right, and, and continues to buy in and kind of believe on what the, what the move is, right, or what the movement is. And he's been able to do that like a fucking veteran, man. Dom Mattingly never started out a season this good. No, in his entire in his tenure with the Marlins, what was it? Few, no. five years, something yeah. Like that? Yeah, you know, he never he never came out like this. You know, it was always like, sure. oh, all right, you know, maybe next year. You know, they're still rebuilding. That was always the thing with you know with with the Mattingly era. First year, first second year, second year now for Schumacher. First year, first year, yeah. Okay, so this is the first year, yeah. Looking like it's his second second year already. The way that looks he, like a vet, way, yeah. The way that he's you know managing this team right now, and yeah, I, I completely agree. Got to give him credit. Um, hopefully, he gets to fit into that that uh, that that uh, triangle and make it a you know a nice boxy square, you know, of McDaniel's, um, wild Spo and um, coach uh, coach was it Mitchell? Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be nice, man. Let's see. Let's see. I think that like I said, the Marlins are doing more than what we asked, right? For any Marlins fan. Nobody was expecting this. I just feel like they need to continue to have that momentum. And it seems like they're gonna be able to do so. And I think that they're being smart about it too. That's part of the reason why they're holding back a guy like Jazz and not letting him go out there full tilt, right? Because they don't need to. At this moment. Yeah, you we're know, winning. You, you're winning. You're leading the wild card chase. Like, you don't got to worry about that, you know? And you're leading the wild card chase against good teams, too. The Dodgers, Philly, San Francisco, Milwaukee, you know, Pittsburgh. All these teams have won before the Mar- and have gotten to the playoffs before the Marlins have. So, yeah, just got to keep the boat steady as she goes. Well, one last thing on baseball, baseball-related before we, uh, we jump off. Did you see uh, one of your people's? Throw a no-no the other day. Yeah, from the Yankees. Yeah. That was cool. Pretty interesting, dog. I mean, you not every day you see a no-no. No, that was pretty cool, man. And then the story behind it was pretty cool, too, right, with his uh, uncle passing away a couple of days before. Um, and he had just got rocked his previous start. I think he gave up, like, 12 runs or some shit like that. Damn. And then just, you know, has his uncle pass away and just kind of changed something. In him. And he credited his uncle, you know, for really showing him the game and, and helping him on his path. So it was cool that he got to... Live that moment. And that's what sports brings you, bro. It brings you the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. And in some, in both ways, they're both beautiful. You know, it's beautiful to see him struggle and get racked, right? And be like, damn, this guy's the best of the best in the world. And he, he gets his ass kicked, right? Off and, nights. And off nights, right? And then he's able to bounce back and show everybody why he's one of the best in the world, right? And goes out there and has the, 
the no no. Um, crazy, crazy accomplishment. Crazy. Last one we had was 2012. Yeah, bro. Fun the, fact: there were three in 2012. That's wild. That's it, crazy. Shit right? doesn't happen I didn't often. Know that. Yeah, man. I knew the last one was 2012. But I didn't know that there was three in 2012. Yeah, and ESPN even ran that little special. I don't know if you caught it, where they were showing, like, all the guys who have thrown recent no-nos and shit like that and, like, how it affects them, like, during the game itself while they're sitting down and they're in the in the bench and nobody's really talking to them. Nobody really wants to bring it up. Everybody's doing their hardest to to make every play and die for every ball. So it's, it's an intense thing, man. And to accomplish that feat in baseball is... Uh, Damn near impossible. Damn near hard, impossible. But you know what? You're asking the history books forever, dog. That name goes in the books, dog. Hey, you threw a no-no, buddy. Yep. Wild, wild, man. Shout out to him, man. Good for him. But, yeah, at the Yankees. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's F why the Yankees, you didn't care much it too much. Nah, not really, dog. You know, you know me, dog. I'm, I'm home team all day, dog. But I just feel like the Marlins really got that sauce. They got that sauce this year. So if you guys haven't been out there, um, make sure to do that. And, you know, we're, I told you earlier uh, we're going to set the, that that date out there to go out there and, and just watch a game, man, because yeah. it's, it's been worth it. And summer. I got to get out there and see Yuri pitch, man. Summer baseball, baby. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. And it'll kind of, like, lead us to the rest of the football season once once we get there, right? And, and oh, just man. To imagine, to have the Marlins heading into the postseason right around the same time football starting. How sweet is that, though? Yeah. Right? Marlins. Yeah. Hurricanes will be kicking off. Dolphins kicking off. And then you got the heat right there, too. Boom. We'll have Dane time. It'll be like a crazy little like month right there in October. We've become sort of a winning town. I don't want to say like winning championships, but we, we're getting used to the idea of winning being normal here. Yeah. Right? And uh, that's great, man. That's great for the rest of the franchise. We need to bring a title home soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Maybe any it's the sport, Martins. Any sport. Maybe Multiple it's the sports. Martins. Maybe it's the Martins, dog. You know, uh, talking about winning, we got to bring up this dude before we wrap up the show. And talking about comebacks, talking about comebacks, talking about perseverance, talking about, you know, continually to show up day in, day out, have those highs, have those lows. Ricky Fowler, man, went out there and won an amazing uh, tournament this weekend. Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, man. And the course was beautiful. I don't know like, if too many people pay attention to that, but just the layout of the course was really nice. Um, obviously, a lot of guys shot high scores, but still, just the fact that those guys get out there and can dominate a course like that is awesome to see. Yeah, scorable course. Uh, the winning score was 24 under. There was actually three players that finished right at 24 under. Yeah. Because um, there was a three-way playoff. Yes. At the end of it all. And, and let's talk about who made that three-way playoff, right? Like, Rory was a uh, – Ricky was a little f- shaky heading into the 17th and 18th hole. So, Ricky had the lead going into Sunday. Right. And was having a, a modest day. A pretty, Nothing to write home about. Day. You know, he was under. He was under par. He was like two or three under. But he had a couple guys that got hot on Sunday, uh, including Colin Morikawa and Adam Hadwin. Morikawa was like six, seven under on the day, you know, made a surge. Adam Hadwin uh, had a great day, too. I don't have it exactly in front of me where he shot that day. But um, long story short, man, Ricky on 17, which is a par five, he doesn't birdie it, you know, and you got to birdie the par fives, you know, coming down the stretch. You know, those are those are your ones that are usually birdie holes. And he kind of messed up. He messed up the drive on that hole, and then he messed up the second shot, like the layup, and then the third shot wasn't close enough, and he just missed the putt for the birdie. And it was like, damn, he shouldn't have been in that situation. And going into 18, um, 
He was down. He was down one. He was 23 under, and Adam Hadwin, who had birdied the, the par five, yep. and Colin Morikawa, who was already in the clubhouse, were both at 24 under. So Riggy needed a birdie 18 just to get into the, the playoff and make it a three-way playoff. It's an amazing second shot, dog. What an approach to get right on the green, Right dog. at the flag, dog. Right at the flag, dog. And when you're talking about pressure, that's pressure. Everybody's watching cameras it's and usually when you and i go play dog it's not it's fucking quiet <laughs> and there's still pressure right and there's still pressure to hit the shot imagine trying to hit the shot for a the money and b like just to force the action on everybody else and that dude that dude stuck it within three feet bro stuck it dog stuck it made the birdie forced the playoff they go to a playoff hit right on his drive i think right uh or went left i kind of into the into the rough i think so but then he ends up Getting it on the green, probably like a 15-foot putt, buries, it. buries it. Just Drilled buries it. it. And then Morikawa and Hadwin both parred the hole, so yeah, Ricky wins. Yeah, yeah, man. And um, such a good scene to see him win, right? And all the funny memes that came uh, out of yeah. it, like with him looking up at Chubb. <laughs> that was one of my favorite ones. And like, Abraham yeah. Lincoln for some reason. Yeah, because he took that moment, you know what I mean? Like, you can just tell how genuine of a moment that was for bro. him, like, because he's won before. Yes. This isn't like his first time winning. No, he tour. knows what it wins to make to win a major. It wasn't a major. Right. Well, no, he doesn't. He hasn't won a major. No, he hasn't. You're right. My fault. My but, fault. But he, he's won big tournaments, and this wasn't a major per se, but damn, you know, this was a this was a big one for him. Four years, you know, without winning. Um, you know, because of the fact that he started a family, he got married, he started a family, he kind of, you know, focus shifted away from golf, went through a swing change, um, you know, worked through it, did it all, then climbed, oh, fell out of the top 100. Yes. You know, then, you know, did the Shambles. swing change and, you know, started working at it, started coming up, has done phenomenally this season, you know, placing in different tournaments and majors in the top 10. Top five, even in some some occasions, and it was just a matter of time before Ricky won again, man. And yeah, we saw it this weekend uh, in, in Detroit, and um, that moment when he won, that he just kind of took a second, just kind of looked up at the sky. It was just kind of a, a it looked like a moment of relief. Like, the mama, I made it. Like, nah, not mama, I made it. It's like finally, yeah, I, I've been here before. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm, right, you know what I mean, like. No sweat off my back. No, no. Like, it was sweat, but, like, I can do this. I'm Ricky Fowler. I can hit the shots that I need to hit down the stretch. When I need to To win these tournaments. When I need to And, hit you know what I mean? Now, with one major left on the season, you know, in in uh, in Britain or England or the U.K. or in however you want to refer <laughs> to it. The U.K. is probably the easiest one. Um, you know, you got a, a hot Ricky Fowler, man, who's been doing well all season, and now he's regained some more confidence after a victory. You know, yep. Rocket Mortgage Classic, I, no offense. You know, it's a great win, but it ain't a major, baby. No. And a major is going to hopefully, you know, it, it bring out a different monster now in what Ricky Fowler is and can be again. Correct, correct. And and you, you mentioned it. He has to have that confidence in himself to to remember I can win against whoever, whenever, and I can hit shots like this to put myself in positions to either put, force the action or win itself, and that that does a lot for your your confidence as a golfer and your swing too, man. To hit shots that you wouldn't normally try to take on, and maybe try to get yourself on the green, maybe try to get yourself within five five feet of the cup, and those are the the shots that. Either you can kind of play conservative and take the easy route, 
Or you can try to challenge and say, I'm going to beat the guy who's ahead of me and I'm going to make up the strokes on him in this form, right? And really put the pressure on him. And there were a lot of guys who, I don't want to say that they didn't show up because they did show up, obviously, but they didn't necessarily play their best down the stretch, right? Murakawa, he hit a shot that, that got pretty close but didn't drop. And he was surprised how, how far it was. Those are clutch shots that he's not making. And we've seen him be clutch, you know, yes. to win majors, to win the PGA Championship. Ballsy play, driving a par four, you know, and burying the putt for eagle. You know, we've seen Colin Morikawa be clutch, but it wasn't his tournament to win. It wasn't no. his day. He had a phenomenal performance. I mean, what did what did Colin Morikawa do that day? Um, he had a 64, dog. Which would be eight under? Yeah, man. Eight under par. Yeah, man. I mean, come, come on. Come on. Come on, bro. Who's going out there and doing that, bro? Not a lot of guys are going out there shooting eight under. And lost. Shot a 64, which is the low, I think, of the day, and still lost. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole tournament you got to worry about. And you got to make the shots when it counts. And unfortunately, he couldn't. And Ricky could. And Ricky kind of reminded himself, like I said earlier, that he can make those big shots in those big moments. Now we have to kind of see it translate into the next major, which is the Open, like you said, in the U.K., and he should have way more confidence in himself to say, now I can go out there and hang with the big guys and beat people who haven't been as dominant, right? Because you look at John Rahm, hasn't been as dominant. You look at Scotty Scheffler, hasn't been as dominant. They've both been good. They've both been consistent. They're both always in the top five because that's how good they are. But we have yet to see either really dominate and separate themselves from the pack when they go out to win a tournament. Yeah, We haven't seen that yet. Ricky Fowler, last year, 103rd in the world in the World Golf Ranking. Oof. Last week, 35th. After this week. his win, 23rd in the world and climbing. Moving on up. He's going to be, he's gonna be somebody side. that you want to look at for, for this uh, this Open, man. He's playing some really good golf right now. He's in really good headspace right now. Um, and look out. You know he's due for he's due for a major man. He needs to win one. He's he, he, if he does, he'll be considered one of the one of the all time greats. I think he's already in that conversation as far as like what he's done for the game and how good of a person and player he is and all that stuff. You know as far as an ambassador, but you gotta you gotta solidify yourself with the major. All the greats do for sure. And you have to go out there and especially with this major, right? Because this major is a tough course. You know we're gonna run into an easy course out there. The wind is gonna be a factor. Um, the lies are gonna be a big factor. And you're going to have to be really confident in your game and what shots you can hit. Like I said, he hit some big shots to get himself out of trouble in order to put himself in an advantage, uh, advantage, advantageous. Uh, type, advantageous position, right? He can put himself in that position and say, now I can force the action on the next guy because I'm going to make my putt and give my, get myself the birdie and force this guy to try to make his from 15 or out even longer. So... Let's see how much confidence he's, he plays with. I'm interested to see if we see that bounce back from the world's best guys that we know, which is Rom and Scotty. Um, you know, those guys are due for a big win in, in big fashion. Those guys are due because I feel like Scotty's always in that mix, but he, he doesn't find, he hasn't found that killer stroke yet. We've seen his putter fail him a lot recently. So I don't know if that has something to do with it or if he's working that out. You don't got to worry about Scotty's game, bro. I'm not going to, I'm not, bro, trust Scotty, me. I'm the last Scotty, guy worried about that guy's Scotty game. Scotty is leading the PGA right now and, and scored a par. He, like, leading as yes. far as how under par he is over all, all his rounds this year so far. True or not true, his and putter has let him down. Scotty's? Yes. 
I mean, you could argue that for anybody that's not winning, man. You know what I mean? No, but and he's the best say, of the best. And you can say that for anybody that's winning. You can say that their putter was hot that day. It, it does. It's a swing. It's a pendulum. But uh, you don't got to worry about Scotty because it's it's one of those things that you look at his his scoring this year, phenomenal. Always. And then you look at you know where he's placing in these tournaments. I don't think he's placed outside like the top twelve in any tournament this nope. year, which is stupid. Which like is crazy good. Bro, he, Crazy he's grinding good. and he's out there, and then and it's like, okay, so if this is the Scotty the that is part. that isn't the dominant, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> boys and girls, you got to get ready for when he in trouble. gets on a hot streak again, like he did last year. Yeah, you're that in he trouble. won three or, three out of four tournaments or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Scotty Scotty will be fine, man. He those guys, man, they they bring some good golf out. Um, so I'm excited to see the open in a couple weeks. We'll cover that the week of. Obviously, we'll, sure, we'll, talk we'll have about a preview. special guest. All that Set stuff. Everything hey, maybe, up here. maybe. Right? We can do it back at the spot. You know what? We can, we'll figure that out off, off, off camera. Yeah, off air. We're going to do that. Though. Oh, man. But I think we. I think it's a good enough time to tell people, dog. My watch is still on the West Coast time. Right? Oh, you got to adjust that. That's a flex. The flex is having the, the, the logo on logo. the watch and on the T-shirt. You feel me? That's a quick flex right we're there. We're doing the promo for... We're trying to start the you know product line out here. This is the first of many in case you ain't no soap shirts. So we're going to get these out. Um, but yeah, this is one of one. We might be giving it away. Who knows? Um, but it's a good time to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell everybody that they know. To tell everybody that they know to go to our YouTube channel page and hit the subscribe button we're trying to get to 300 we're about 25 to 30 away from having that goal met so help us get there by telling a friend to tell a friend and of course make sure to follow miami golf bros as well until next time y'all peace what you think i was gonna shout you out kid (laughs)